Hey, what's up, guys? It's another long one today with all the free agent signings. We discuss the Devontae Adams trade, what that does for the Raiders and Derek Carr, what it does for the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. We talk about it all and the other key free agent signings while giving you a quarterback buy and a quarterback sell and a tight end buy and sell. So there's a couple honorable mentions in there as well. Make sure you guys leave a like on the content. If you want to see more, you have any questions, make sure you drop those in the comment section down below and we'll get to them answer them in the next mailbag section. Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Dynasty Season. Uh, we're gonna go over some more free agent kind of madness and quarterback carousel and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and all the crazy news. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I am Patrick Hart, your host. This is Austin. We're going to kind of go into the news before we get into some quarterback and tight end buy and sells. And we want to talk a little bit about IDP because we haven't done a whole lot this week. So we're going to kind of just touch on some free agents that have signed all over the place and some who have kind of supposed to sign and then did not or went somewhere else. Uh, we had multiple Randy Gregories this year. So, uh, I, th I feel like this is the most I've seen this year. Let's just start with a little bit of free agency news before we get into the craziness of the trades and stuff like that. Uh, JD McKissick, we mentioned on the last show, went to Buffalo, which we had mentioned as a possible running back landing sp spot. And then he said that Washington never offered him a deal. And then once they saw the deal, they offered him the same deal and he decided to stay in Washington. So... Does this hurt your buy Antonio Gibson? It definitely hurts knowing the snap goblin is back, but this also kills the chance of them getting another spicy rookie dad in there in the draft yeah. or maybe getting another free agent signing. And we saw what he did with JD McKissick there while injured. And we'll see coming up with this next year, what he's going to do with JD McKissick there while he's not injured. I still think he's going to be better than he was. So yeah. It's not as good of a steal buy anymore, but I still feel like you get value out of buying him depending on who the owner or how the owner of him feels. Yeah, and I think, like you said, uh, Antonio Gibson was dealing with that shin bone bruise or shin stress fracture all, the, all year last year. And so it's going to be interesting to see what he's like healthy this year. Uh, I don't think he's going to turn into CMC, and I think them bringing back McKissick proves that, but I still think he's going to have a great first and second down roll and possibly catch more passes. My problem has always been, even when he's out there running routes, they don't even look at him. But it's Carson Wentz. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I just don't know how much he's going to check it down to him. So we'll see. As much as they like to talk smack on Carson Wentz not checking it down enough, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was the running back for Carson Wentz and was the number one running back on the yeah. year. So, I mean, that might just be how amazing Jonathan Taylor is more than anything else, actually. But, yeah, I mean, if you got number one numbers, uh, Carson shouldn't hurt him too bad not checking it down as much as, like, say, a game manager quarterback would. And I think he'll still catch enough passes to give him that little boost, but... Uh, it does leave Buffalo still open for a possible running back. It leaves hope for your Zach Moss and Devin Singletary for another day, but not a lot. Uh, but not only did he switch where he was going, uh, we had Zadarius Smith, who I have in our main dynasty league, and I was real happy. He went to Baltimore and 
Then a couple hours later, Von Miller went to the Bills for an in, like, insane amount of money, and now Chandler Jones went <laughs> and and Chandler Jones went to the Raiders for a bunch of money. And, and so Gokwe got traded, right? Yeah, because so and Gokwe got traded after they picked him up. So he's over in uh, Indy now. And that was a player for player trade for one of their corners. Uh, not real oh, yeah, fantasy relevant, but he, you know, uh, when he's over there in Indy, he will be fantasy relevant. It kind of kills some of your quitty pay, maybe. Who knows? But uh, maybe, maybe, maybe on the other side. yeah, we'll maybe they're on the other side. Other. So uh, we'll have to see. But they also have, you know, DeForest Buckner. So they've got a good defensive line. Um, so who knows what it does, but. Zadarius so Smith, after seeing all those deals, said, uh, I'm not signing this contract because it was much less money. We don't know for sure that it's because it was much less money, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like he saw the deals that came out after that and was like, I'm going to see if I can get a better deal. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it was interesting because there was a lot of talk about how Zadarius so Smith started in Baltimore and he was going back to Baltimore and all this other stuff, but I don't know what to expect yet, but I know Zadarius Smith is going to go somewhere and be fantasy relevant and I want to be happy about it because he's on my team. So um, I think we just got to kind of wait and see where some of these other guys go. Uh, but there's been some wild, crazy shenanigans going on this evening. What 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 am I referring <laughs> to, to Austin? Just let it. Let's get into it. Let's talk about Are it. Are we talking about a certain former friend of Aaron Rodgers? Well, Devonte Adams. We're we're talking about a guy who was rumored to have bought a multi-million dollar house in Vegas a couple weeks ago, and it was I nothing. Guess, uh... I guess him and uh, him and Aaron weren't as good of friends as we thought, maybe, or yeah. maybe him and uh, Derek Carr were such great friends that he just couldn't pass up the opportunity of going back. And you know, Derek Carr said he was going to recruit him real hard, and he did. And you know, those guys are tight from college, and it's interesting. You look at their college stats when they were together, and the years that they were together, Derek Carr led the FPS in passing yards and touchdowns, and Devonte Adams led the. FPS in catches, yards, and touchdowns. So it could be kind of scary. Um, that I did really... also actually see a tweet saying that possibly this move was also because that uh, Devontae Adams has been a lifelong, like, I guess he might have been a Raiders fan growing up or something, or he's yeah. always, he's always, it's always been his dream to play yep. for the Raiders, was yep. I think what the tweet said. I, I just read that a few minutes ago. So uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, obviously this hurts Hunter Renfro, but we didn't we didn't come into the season expecting Hunter Renfro to maintain what he did the second half of the year after Henry Ruggs and uh, Brian Edwards just doesn't exist. So um, it, it was really, you know, we saw Hunter Renfro thrive when there was no other options. Darren Waller was missing time. Hunter or Henry Ruggs was gone. So it, it's... We didn't have those expectations, but any hope that you had of that possibly continuing or being, you know, just a PPR monster, even if it was short yardage, it really gets hurt by Devontae Adams because he is going to absorb so many targets in that offense. And they really didn't have anybody besides Waller and Renfro. So, you know, Zay Jones left, he went to Jacksonville. So 
there's they just didn't have the guys to compete for targets. So when you bring in Devontae Adams, who's going to get probably, I would say he's going to get 175 targets this year easily. Like I'll, he's probably going to catch 100 passes. It, it's it's going to be insane. Like I just predict insane numbers, and those guys are buds. And I think of Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford getting coffee and breakfast every morning. And I can just see Derek Carr and Devontae Adams just lighting it up. And the crazy thing is they could still be the worst team in that division. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I know we had a little discussion about who could be the worst team now, but that division's going to be nutty. Yeah. Uh, it better be primetime games the whole season. Like, I want to watch th- those teams just slug it out all year. and It should be fun, though. It's going to be hard to see who makes the playoffs in that division, but, you know. Yeah, I feel bad for the the guys who end up in the bottom knowing they had six much tougher matchups than most oh, other yeah. teams have. Oh, yeah. The AFC is just going to be insane. That whole division is probably, like, better than some whole – like, the worst team in that division is probably better than the best team in some other divisions in the league right now. It's just crazy. But I, I think the Raiders are really going to have to – beef up that defense a bit in order to really compete with those other teams. You know, the Broncos have a great secondary. They brought back Josie Jewell. Looks like it's going to be him and Baron Browning in the middle of that defense. But the the other teams, like the Chargers, they have gone all in because Justin Herbert's on a rookie deal and they went and got Khalil Mack. They signed JC Jackson. They're just Sebastian Joseph Day up the middle of their defensive line, which was a huge problem for their defense last year. So it's going to be a slugfest in that division. I I don't envy any of those teams because their strength of schedule, all, all of them, their strength of schedule has to be, you know, in the top quarter of the league just because of the division they're in. So um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, that that is going to be. I know as a someone who has a lot of Chargers players on their team, I know I'm gonna be watching a lot of those games, and I'm gonna be glad that they're gonna yeah. be doing shootouts just about every game they face each other. It's a shootout or you yes. lose. Yeah, th- this as a Patrick Mahomes like owner, I'm like, okay, this is great. He's gonna throw for five <laughs> touchdowns every game against these guys just because he has to. You know, it's gonna be absolute just shootouts. I hope. But uh, we'll see. There's there's plenty of fantasy points to go around. We're looking for those high-flying offenses. So uh, it, it, I think Devontae there is a huge upgrade for Derek Carr. I think, you know, I'm going to talk about Derek Carr. He's my buy quarterback on this episode. But, he you know, he's a buy for a reason because obviously his stock's going to shoot up right now because he just got Devontae. So you may have to wait a few days. But... There's still this stigma about Derek Carr that he's not a great quarterback when he has been nothing but efficient and consistent for fantasy. Like, uh, he, he doesn't, you know, he hasn't had a bunch of injury problems. He had the one big injury when he was, like, on that MVP tear. Um, but since then, you know, he's been relatively healthy. We thought he tore his groin off the bone, and then he came back. It was like... What happened? We saw half a game of Marcus Mariota, and then all of a sudden he was fine. It was crazy. But I, I just think Derek Carr is criminally underrated, and 
I think that we saw Devonte get this $28 million a year deal, right? And he's going to be there for a little while. So is Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the next extension they're working on, and he's going to be there for the next few years as well. So I think you can lock up, you know, I talk, I, my, I look at that three to five year window. If you can get three years totally safe, you have like nothing to worry about. If you can get five, if that three years can turn into five, like you're on top of the world because you just got five years out of a top 12 player, right? So, you know, if I can get three years, I'm happy. Like I, you gotta judge those situations and see, uh, all right. If I'm in a win now team, I might take a guy who's only got one year of top viability. You know, somebody like, uh, uh, you know, an older wide receiver. I may trade for an Adam Thielen who I don't trust long term. I don't have a three year window on him, but he may push me over the edge to try and win me some games down the stretch. But, you know, if you're looking for that long term, if you don't need that one last piece, you know, you're always trying to look for three five however many years that that window that window of success so if you can lock down Derek Carr and Devontae Adams somehow on a dynasty roster for the next three to five years like that's disgusting so uh, is that the dream stack now I, I think it is I think it's up there with Mahomes and Tyreek and you know probably Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase like there, there's a few dream stacks that I would want and I think those are some of them um you know, I'd really so how love. Would you rate, how would you rate Derek Carr and uh, Devontae Adams compared to Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb? Uh, so I'd probably, well, I just did my wide receiver rankings, so I can tell you exactly where I have them. I have CeeDee Lamb two spots ahead of Devontae Adams. And they're, I, I view their kind of competition on their teams similarly. Um, they really, you know, both of them have a good tight end and a good second wide receiver. You know, they don't really have a third wide receiver option. They're, uh, efficient, good passing quarterbacks year after year after year. Um, the thing about the Cowboys is they've been a top like four passing offense the last like three years. Like they've been a great passing offense with Dak there. And even though, you know, you look at last year and, oh, they ran the ball a lot. Well, like, yeah, Tony Pollard and Zeke were both fantasy relevant, but at the same time, they were still a top, I think, six passing offense last year. So I, I think with the loss of Amari Cooper there and C.D. Lamb being so young and I just have him right above Devontae Adams, I think the age is kind of the last thing that pushes me over the edge because we're talking about Devontae Adams being on this next contract and he's going to be locked down here for a little while. You know, it's... I don't want to say it's I'm afraid of the Raiders, but I'm kind of afraid of the Raiders. <laughs> so uh, I, I just think that CD Lamb is younger, going to get another contract, and is just the longevity of that. Uh, so I have CD Lamb at three, and I have Devontae Adams at five. Uh, it was, I had CD one spot below Devontae prior to Amari Cooper leaving. But with Amari Cooper leaving and Cedric Wilson leaving, um, he's going up a little bit for he me. He will be the focal point, yeah. it looks like. Yeah, Yeah. so he's going up a little bit for me. But Dak, I think I have I have definitely above Derek Carr. 
but they're closer than you would think. Um, Derek Carr is going up my rankings. Like I said, he's going to be my buy quarterback when we get down to it. So I'll, I'll elaborate a little bit more on where I've got him then. But uh, Dak I have at uh, seven. I have Dak at seven. So it you know he's behind those Lamar, Kyler, uh, Joey Burrow, Herbert. You know, those guys. And then you've obviously got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, folks like that. So he's right behind those guys. And like, I think he's like the top of that third tier, in my opinion. Um, and I think that Derek Carr is probably the end of that third tier or the start of that fourth tier. So they're not real far off. Um, I, I probably have Derek Carr between 12 and 14 right now. So uh, I haven't finished moving him around since the trade i just finished the wide receivers today so probably five six spots apart um and you know that part of that just comes down to the consistency that the dallas offense has had you know if you take away the year with andy dalton and no dak they've been consistent with dak prescott out on the field so i'm just uh again maybe it's the raiders they, they scare me a little bit but uh, I do have I'm, I, this is probably going to put Derek Carr right in front of like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and those guys for me in dynasty rankings. Whereas before he was right after them, like those young guys who we haven't really seen prove it, but they look like they could take that next step. He was probably right after them in my dynasty rankings. Now he's probably right in front of them. But wh- what about you? Where do you got? Where do you have him? Oh, I think he actually, for me, I had him above the younger guys already because I don't think his career's coming too close to an end to worry about how much is coming up from those guys. Like, I think he's easy, got five more years of him, not worried about it. So uh, I've always had him, like, fringe top 12, maybe just outside, just inside, always somewhere around there. Like, I always thought, probably I want to say around, like, In that Matthew Stafford range? Uh, I put Matthew Stafford a little higher, but uh, yeah. definitely I put him like I'd put him above Tannehill. I'd put him above like um, uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. Tannehill is plummeting down rankings this year. It's crazy. You know, he was somebody that after that real good year, he was up near that that QB one two cutoff area going into last season, and maybe you know he could have been a little bit lower than that in the teens, early teens, but now he's fallen down. You know, he's right in front of like. Baker and those guys down there near the late teens. It's crazy. But I that's think Derek Carr for me is now right around Kirk Cousins, you know? Maybe just a touch yeah. above Kirk Cousins. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about those two. Cause Cousins somehow randomly stays good with numbers. Like you don't think he does yes. watching him, but he puts up enough good weeks to stay relevant. So probably just around Kirk Cousins, just above like the Tannehill range, the Tua range. I'd be a little bit above Tua too. Yeah, that, and that, like I said, that's where I'm at too. I have Tua right in front of those young guys, so he's probably the next person after Derek Carr with Trevor Lawrence. But that's about my cutoff line right now uh, for where Derek Carr is at. And Dak may move down more, you know, because last year we saw that reduced, like rushing ability after the big injury and if if he does lose a little bit more on the ground we may see especially with the reduced 
receiving threats that they're going to have with no Amari Cooper, no Cedric Wilson. You know, they're really looking for that third wide receiver now. And Michael Gallup might not even be ready to start the season. He may end up on the pup list. He didn't have surgery till February. So it is very possible that we see a lot of the run game, a lot of play action, and it is the CD Lamb Dalton Schultz show. But um, I, I don't know if, I, I just don't know if we're going to get that rushing upside back after the DAC injury. It's just not, it wasn't there that we had in years prior this year. So Yeah, it looked like he might have shied away from it, not want to risk himself it, as much now that he knows what happens if he does risk and lose. It did definitely look like later down the season, you know, when those games started to matter more, he was out there getting out of the pocket. But uh, it was definitely more controlled. He wasn't out there being Carson Wentz. He was, when he was getting out of the pocket, he was sliding down even if it was for a one-yard loss instead of taking a hit. He wasn't fighting for that extra yard or fighting to get back to the line of scrimmage. He took the one-yard loss and didn't take the contact. So I think that is a plus, but again, limited. it limits his rushing upside. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, on the other side of this, though, we've got the Packers. And Alan, Laz- heck is Alan Lazard is to. now the most tenured receiver on the Packers. Um, is that just because of the little cut in the middle of uh, Randall Cobb's tenure where he got kicked out and had to come back? I, I think that is a technicality, yes. However, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, he did take a pay cut to stay there. So which, yeah, I thought he was taking a pay cut so he could give five mil over to Devontae. And uh, Devontae said, no, thanks, I'm out. Yeah, well, it's crazy that the Packers apparently offered more than he what he got with the Raiders because it was, what, five years, like 148 mil or something yeah, insane like that. Yeah, quarter mil a year. Yeah, so just an insane number. see who else number. is left for them to pick up now to fill those holes. There's, I guess, OBJ, but who knows if he's starting the season. There's still Juju. Bo yeah, Fuller. Juju. Um, there's there's a few guys out there. Jameson Crowder's an option. The uh, the corpse of AJ Green. Maybe he's got enough left in the tank to try a yeah a Super Bowl push with Aaron. We'll see. I don't yeah, know if Deshaun it, Jackson comes back anytime soon. I don't I think either. He should be done. But there there's really we are getting limited on those veteran options for him. But they did James get a Washington. I don't think would be too bad going over there. They, they got a first they and second round. Than James Washington yeah. to push for a uh, actual deep playoff run here. They did get a first and second round pick. Now those are it's like the twenty second pick, and then uh, like fifty nine or something like that, fifty six, and then I think it's fifty three, and then the Packers' original picks were twenty six and. 59 or something like that so they've got a couple first round picks and a couple second round picks where they go try to get some they, like there are good receivers in yeah, this they class have to pick a wide receiver with they one have of those to pop one of those first two rounds they need a they wide have receiver. To. what the heck are they doing and i would love to see so they're it looks like they're losing mvs uh, it looks like there's a market for mvs but i haven't seen him sign anywhere yet i don't know what his market truly is but one thing I could see them doing with if, you know, a Chris Olave is there in the 20s, if they take a Chris Olave for the speed, the field stretching, and they can use him all over the place, but put like Alan Lazard on the other side, he can replace that MVS role. And then you, you still got to find somebody. So maybe Amari Rogers owners can finally actually watch the guy play football this year. 
Yeah, I I would love to because you know I was interested in Amari Rogers last year, but the only reason I was looking at Amari Rogers was because they had nobody else there. So like it, it's he may get an opportunity, but I don't know. Like I don't I can't judge the player yet because. I just don't know how he's going to fit in that offense. We really only saw him on special teams, and their special teams was atrocious. So I just don't know. Uh, I would love to see Amari Rogers do something, but we'll, we'll have to. I'll have to see it to believe it. But uh, let's let's go over a couple other free agent news things. You got any you want to talk about real quick? Um. Where I'm at, I was still looking at wide receivers. There's yeah. the uh, honorable mention of Olamide Zacchaeus is now the most relevant receiver signed to that roster. Yeah. I don't know if you want him anyway. Yeah, but it's hey, him and Frank Darby. Free agent, might as well grab him. You know. Yep. Uh, running backs. I don't think we uh, this happened during our last show or before we recorded that. Uh, but Colonel Mustard goes in to join. Um, yeah. That's Raheem Mostert is going in to join. Uh, James or not James Conner, the other one, Chase Edmonds. Yep. over there in miami don't know that might actually stop them from drafting a more relevant guy after signing uh raheem Mostert. they might not actually go for a bigger name running back which might actually be better for chase edmonds owners i'm not sure how much of a power back goal line guy raheem Mostert really is so i don't know if he's going to take much of that away i think the big thing about raheem Mostert is he's back with mcdaniel or uh what's the mike mike mcdaniel, mike is that mcdaniel. His name? yeah so he's back with mike mcdaniel who he was with in San Francisco. So he's very familiar. He knows him and he knows what Raheem Mostert can do. So I feel like we're going to see more of Raheem Mostert than we expect because of that. Um, I, I, I'm scared for Chase Edmonds. Could be back to just a th- third down roll and not get much work. Uh, but Raheem Mostert also is only on a one-year deal. Didn't get a ton of money. You know, running backs aren't getting a ton of money anymore. So who knows? But um, like... He got, to put it in perspective, how little money he got, you know, it's less than McKissick got per year. It's just barely more than James White. You know, it, it three, just over three mil for one yeah, year. Yeah, three and a quarter mil. So it's... Uh, three and an eighth mil, actually. Yeah, yeah not even. So it, it's, uh, it's not a lot of money. But one other running back I did want to talk about, and... Uh, this has to do with CMC and who's his handcuff. So the Panthers, they brought in Donta Foreman, who we saw kind of break out after having a rough start to his NFL career after tearing his Achilles and, you know, taking a long time to come back. But Derrick Henry went out and it was Hilliard and Foreman as the, their backs they got rid of mcnichols darrington evans is out of there like adrian peterson tried to come in and do something yeah yeah it wasn't good that that was ugly trying to watch that old man think he can still run so i think that uh foreman is you know hubbard is still there after kind of a disappointing rookie season um CMC yeah, missed the massive opportunity he got yeah cmc missed time and they were using amir abdullah and yeah. it's like, well, what did they draft this guy for? So uh, Foreman, who they signed this year, is a, just a one-year contract, but he is being paid more than uh, Abdullah last year and 
Hubbard this year will make combined. So Abdullah's gone. He signed with the uh, Raiders. So did Brandon Bolden. So I have no idea what they're doing. They still have Kenyon Drake. So I have no clue. I just don't even know what to think anymore. But um, Josh McDaniels came from New England. Brandon Bolden's there now. I have no idea what to expect. So uh, the the big thing about Amir Abdullah leaving, though, is it's just uh, Hubbard and Foreman now behind CMC, who we have seen the injury problems. And if you own CMC in Dynasty and you don't have his handcuff, you're insane, especially if you've gone through the last couple of years. So I think it's important to go out and get him before a lot of people realize the role he's going to have. Because right now, he is the guy who stepped in for Derrick Henry and is kind of a nobody and got a small contract. That small contract is enough to put him number two on that depth chart. I don't know if he'll keep that number two role. You know, they may really like Hubbard. I, yeah, I don't know. The worry is that it goes to a committee between him yep. and Hubbard if uh, McCaffrey goes down and neither one's relevant and there is no handcuff. Yeah, well, when it went to a committee after CMC was out last year with Abdullah, both of them had some good games, but Ab Abdullah had the better stretch. So I have no and idea. Will they have a quarterback to make it relevant, too? That, that was that's the biggest the thing problem, too. too, is these backups come in, and they're dealing with decrepit old Cam Newton or yep. Sam Darnold. And, and that, no that one was, can move the ball. That was the next thing I was going to say, is Deshaun Watson has confirmed he is not going to the Panthers. So after they spent the last year trying to court and woo Deshaun Watson and the Texans because they wanted him to be their quarterback, and... Now Deshaun Watson is reportedly deciding between the Saints and the Falcons, mm -hmm. which means we left. we could were we see. Supposed to get that news tonight? I think it's pretty late. We still don't have it. We were supposed to get that news tonight. However, this afternoon they did uh, push Matt Ryan's roster bonus. That was supposed to happen today, Friday. Uh, it it was supposed to happen today. Uh, the biggest thing though is. They want to wait and see if they can trade him, right? They don't want to yeah. pay the roster bonus if they're going to trade Matt Ryan. Well, they can't trade Matt Ryan if they're not getting Deshaun Watson. So uh, they did push that back until Tuesday. He's not getting that $7.5 million roster bonus until Tuesday. And that's something that Matt Ryan has to agree to. So uh, that's not like them just saying, no, we're not going to give you your money. Matt Ryan has to agree to that. That's in his you contract. Matt Ryan's handling the situation well. Do you think he's acting like more of an adult, you know? Man, it, <laughs> I just cannot believe the the hate for Baker Mayfield. You know, like I read Baker Mayfield's post and we talked about it a little bit. You know, I didn't I didn't think it was him whining. I thought it was like he's always been an emotional leader, right? Like he's that guy who's pumped up and screaming at his team. Something cool happens, he's pumped up. He's planting a flag in the middle of a field, like. That's Baker Mayfield. Like, that's the leader. That's the guy who brought hope to Cleveland. That's the guy who took you guys to the playoffs. Like, everybody loves that guy, but everybody's bashing him to hell because how hurt he was last year. And then they go, oh, yeah, we're going to try and get Deshaun Watson. Sorry, we just don't think you're adult enough to be our quarterback, <laughs> and we want to go get a superstar, which you're not. Okay, so we're going to go talk to Deshaun Watson and just wanted to let you know. Oh, Sean we didn't... Watson, the symbol of maturity. Yeah, we didn't get to Sean Watson, so we're just we're just gonna keep you. Uh, no, you guys didn't want me, so I, I want to leave. 
actually oh sorry you're not allowed we're not getting rid of you you can't go anywhere like it's just absurd i feel so bad for cleveland fans because their organization is run by idiots so now that uh atlanta has told matt ryan how they feel and cleveland has told baker how they feel when deshaun watson go to the saints those two teams just swap does it just go baker goes to the falcons and matt ryan comes over to the browns i think that it's gonna take a lot for the browns to get rid of baker mayfield like they would have to already have somebody there and you know we could see them go get jimmy g right they could yeah, go get, get jimmy g they could go get baker jimmy g and move baker somewhere seattle indy he could even end up in atlanta or new orleans there's there's still a few quarterbacks out there right like we still got uh james winston marcus mariota there's still a few guys who could go somewhere so i don't think these teams like seattle and uh, I think Houston is pretty set on Davis Mills yeah, being their quarterback like this year with Davis Mills. He can either prove that he's a relevant yeah. starter and worth having, or he'll earn them a good pick to get their, his replacement. Yeah. And we've got it's some good quarterbacks one. in the next draft. So uh, I, I think that those guys there, there's still some guys out there who could get a starting job or could compete with a rookie in some of these places. I don't think Drew Locke is the answer in Seattle. I don't think as much as I would love Sam Ellinger being the guy in Indy, it's not going to happen. But um, I, we're going to have to see what happens. And some of these teams are going to settle for a Jimmy G or a Baker in a different situation or something. And uh, it's going to be kind of interesting to see where it goes. It's just crazy that the Browns didn't see this coming. Like they went and shit on Baker and then said, oh, sorry, it didn't work out. You coming back? Like oh, your you... girlfriend's mad at you that you tried to hook up with a woman you thought was hotter? Like, yeah. what did you expect? Yeah, like, come on now. Like, you, you still got to manage people and you can't shit on people even though they're athletes and they're supposed to be professional. Like, if you shit on somebody, they're going to hold a grudge and... They just didn't care, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, I, I'm very pro Baker Mayfield, but at the same time, you know, I obviously can understand why people are hesitant after last season. But if you look at last season and you don't also look at the injuries and put it in context with the rest of his numbers and the rest of his career, it's pointless. Like you're wasting your time and you're coming to invalid conclusions off of a small sample size of bad data. Like that's, it doesn't make sense to me, but like logically how you can get there. I, but Hey, you get to Baker's quarterback 30 out of 32 for a lot hey, of people. It's like the, the <laughs> recency bias is crazy and you know, it just is what it is. It's something you got to deal with. But I think Baker Mayfield, uh, you said something earlier when we were talking that he could, him or Trubisky or one of those guys, you know, one of them could turn into Ryan Fitzpatrick where they bounce around and like they are a bridge quarterback for every other team for the next 10 years. Like that's yeah. Uh, Ryan but, Fitzpatrick was in the first one. It was Vinny Testaverde before him. I yep. mean, you always got one of those or two of those Josh McCown, the same era as Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. They just turn into a journeyman quarterback. They just go from place to place and help bridge them over and they're serviceable. They're nothing incredible. But sometimes they're great and sometimes they suck, you know? And I think Baker Mayfield has that realm of possibilities. It's just like Mitch Trubisky. So I think we could see – I think Baker Mayfield has to play well 
this year to get a starting job next year. Otherwise, he'll just be considered a lame duck, and he may have to do the Trubisky route of go sit behind somebody for a year, be uh, you know underused backup quarterback who maybe hopefully gets a shot to show he's still got it or waits until the next offseason and sees who needs a quarterback. So uh, there are some guys who we're going to see maybe in the next year, maybe two, maybe three, leave the league. Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. Like, there's guys who are, you know, Tom Brady's already retired once. So there there are jobs that will come available. It's just going to matter, you know, what the rookies look like at that time, you know, whether or not you had a year to go mature behind somebody and they think you are ready for a second shot at a, a, start, a starting job. Who knows? But there are going to be jobs coming available down the road. Um, so we'll see what happens. But let's get into our buy-sell quarterbacks. Um, we're only going to do one quarterback and one tight end just because of the uh, kind of scarcity at the position. Um, obviously. Yeah, we were struggling. Or at least I was a bit trying to just pick these guys, just one for each position. We probably could have done two quarterbacks, but I think the tight ends, it, it's just so thin that it's really hard to pick more than one buy and sell unless you're just, I have an honorable mention, but it's like one of those guys who's right in the middle of the pack and these guys could literally suck next year or become a tight end one. We have no idea because the tight end one threshold is just be relevant, you know? So it's going to be interesting, but we've got some guys to talk about. I'll start it off a little bit of a guy we've already talked about with Derek Carr. Um, like I said before, uh, if you can get Derek Carr and have him for the next three to five years, you're you're set. Like That's a set and forget quarterback position. Um, so if you are able to get him at like a quarterback 16 to 20 price, like he... He's quarterback 15 on Rotowire and 20 on Fantasy Pros. You know, obviously the Devontae Adams trade happened today, so you may have to wait a little bit to get him, like I said. But uh, if you give it a week or two here and Derek Carr's value kind of evens out a little bit, maybe it goes up just a couple spots. I think he's only going to go up higher than that once he starts playing football with Devontae Adams. Uh, Darren Waller will be back, and he still has Hunter Renfro. So Darren Waller missed a lot of time last year. So we talk about weapons. He lost Henry Ruggs. Hunter Renfro did everything. I don't see how Derek Carr stays where he was with the weapons he's getting back and gaining Devontae Adams. So he's only got room to go up, I think. And he's got enough time where you don't have to worry about him retiring. He's not this injury-prone guy. He's just as steady as they come, and he's going to be a QB, a high-level QB2 with QB1 upside for the next five years, right? Like, how do you, is that how you see it? Yeah, no, I, like I said, he's, I think, not even worried five years. He's going to be a starting QB. And he's my fringe, like, he'll be a definite QB two. He's my fringe bottom hat or bottom little part of the QB ones. Yeah. But I think he has the potential, especially with Devontae Adams going there. He has the potential to be a QB one this upcoming year. Because I think in total points he ended like 13th or something this last year. Uh, I don't know about points per game. I actually have that right here. He ended points per game. Oh, there's some uh, random one-hit wonders here. He ended 22, but 
There's some random like Simeon who played a single game, yeah. and Nick Foles who played like a single game, yeah. and some Jameis Winston. So he ended actually a little higher than that on points per game, but he, I definitely think he takes a big step up this upcoming year with Devontae Adams. I think that's definitely going to be much better than all the other attempts, like Henry Ruggs and the other ones that they've tried to put with him. I think this is definitely going to be his best receiving core that he's had in a while. This is before they even add the third outside guy yeah. with the or the second outside guy, the third receiver with Renfro and um, and our boy Devonte Adams, which I do believe they're going to add one more, someone relevant, yeah. either a young guy in the draft or one of these. Um, I don't know, maybe one of these free agents that are left. But yeah, because I, I don't think, think Brian Edwards is going to be a supporting cast he's ever had. Yeah, I don't think Brian Edwards is going to be that guy. So, no, I don't. I don't think so either. I've lost faith in him. I had the option to trade uh, Russell Gage for Brian Edwards. I chose not to. I traded Russell Gage, you know, from you today. So <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for the three hundred two. Yeah. So uh, you know that is a guy that we didn't mention earlier, but you know he's signed a twenty million guaranteed deal. I to, think it's up to thirty. Twenty million base. Uh, twenty million guaranteed. Thirty. Thirty million, million total, total per year. So ten yeah. a year. Right in that Zay Jones realm. Yeah. That, uh, Cedric Wilson realm. But he's uh, gonna Braxton be that Darius wide receiver him. three for the Bucks. It looks like so. Any like I was a Tyler Johnson Until they truther. Get Julio, because apparently uh, Tom is now trying to recruit Julio. Yeah. But if they don't land Julio, yeah, he's he looks like he's gonna be the wide receiver three. Who apparently Tom personally reached out to to get yeah. there. So that's so a lot. as a depth or like a flex play going into the year, who with you know wide receiver two three upside. You know if we look at that offense you know tom brady is going to pass for four thousand plus yards so uh, i'm not real worried about it uh if you're the third option out there even with mike evans and chris godwin you may not be a set it and forget it type of player as that third wideout out there but you're definitely somebody that if i have a bye week or if i get an injury or something like that i can put russell gage into my lineup and not worry about it so uh i think he's a great depth piece and i'm happy to have gotten him so uh it was worth the 302 for me so uh that I was just low on draft capital so i wanted one more i got too many wide receivers that might pan out who'll see i could afford getting rid of one of those yeah well you did kind of sell all your draft capital for travis kelsey last year <laughs> and then win a championship, yeah, I won the championship. So... even though i looked through it travis kelsey didn't win me a single game had i had my second best tight end in instead of kelsey not one game the entire year did he actually make the difference but i'm scared of tra- i'm scared of travis kelsey going forward <laughs> obviously he's great but how long the can age, he be great he's even the yeah. greatest of greats can't play for that long. Yep. So we'll see. Unless how you're Tom Brady long. and you eat your avocado ice cream. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's Derek Carr. He's my first, he's my buy quarterback. Um, but again, you might have to wait a week or two, kind of let it cool down a little bit and then hit it hard. So try and get your Derek cars before we get into the season and people see what he's doing with Devonte Adams. But who's your uh, first buy quarterback? So my buy quarterback, and this one's going to be hard to buy depending on how much the recent news has impacted his value. Yeah. But my buy quarterback is a guy who was 15th overall in points scored on the season, 13th overall in points per game, just under 17 points per game. So not that amazing. But I'm talking about Russell Wilson, the guy who just went over to the Denver Broncos. Now, his poor last year was partially due to the injury, but at the same time, he did have a lot of lackluster games. And the owner of Russell Wilson can be down on him. And on top of that, the receiving core of Tyler Lockett and uh, DK Metcalf 
was really solid. The upgrade over at Denver isn't really much of an upgrade in the receiving core. It might be more of an upgrade in philosophy if they let him cook, as they like to say. Yeah. But if the Russell Wilson owner wasn't too happy about the season, the last season he had, and isn't insanely hyped, because I know some of them are going to be like, oh my god, I got the QB1 overall now just based off of that trade. But if, yep. he, if they're holding his value based on his performance from last year, I definitely think Russell Wilson could be the guy to go in. Because I think he's going to be a top six this upcoming year. He's going to be top half of the QB1s, in my opinion. And he's worth it if you can get him in that uh, like bottom half QB1, top half QB2 price range. He's easily yep. worth buying. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, I think that he's, hard, like you said, he's a little hard to buy at the current moment. But there may be, you know, like you said, that owner who went through his mallet finger and stuff last year, who's like, yeah, uh, I'm willing to get this guy off my team. So what I'd be looking to do if I'm trying to buy Russell Wilson is take advantage of his age because there you can find somebody out there who is like Russell Wilson had a down year. He's getting older. He just went to a new team. Obviously, he's going to be great. Let me try and sell off this hype, right? Let me try to sell off the hype of him going to Denver. Well, if you can still get him at a reasonable price and you think his upside is QB1 for the next three years at least, right? So they, I think you've got two to three years easy with him there. Uh, so He said you, I think he wants to play for another decade there. Yeah, so. I know what he said. <laughs> I I know what he said 10 to 12 years and win three or four and more champions. Four Super Bowls, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I know what he said. I It is what it is, whatever. But... Uh, like realistically, if you look at his age and his production, uh, we're not seeing a drastic fall off minus what we saw last year with a little bit of the injury. And if you can get him and have him with, you know, some guys like Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, you know, they've got Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and Cortland Sutton. They got rid of Noah Fant, but. Oh no, they, they have Albert O. Over there. Yeah, yeah, so they love that guy apparently. So uh, I think his weapons, like he has so many weapons, he's gonna be out there chucking the ball. And I think as long as he stays healthy, you get at least three more years. So uh, if you can trade one of these younger quarterbacks, see, I'm going to mention a, a sell quarterback that is up there in that second half of the QB one ranks. Um, that's somebody that I would be willing to trade for Russell Wilson. And I might be able to get stuff with Russell Wilson by trading him away. So it, it, if you have, you know, like a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or somebody that Mac Jones had a great rookie year, you can easily yeah. sell him with his boosted value off of this last year. I think he ended up as the best uh, rookie quarterback from yeah. the last draft class, just off of it was, one year, of course, it but... was him or Davis mills. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Trevor Lawrence struggled. You know, the Jags were a dumpster fire with the whole urban debacle. So, uh, you know, I still think Trevor Lawrence is going to succeed. I have him still as of all the rookie quarterbacks last year. He's still my top ranked rookie quarterback for dynasty. Even with the rushing upside of fields and Lance, I have him above them. Uh, but, uh, do you have anything else you want to say on Russell Wilson before I get into why I'm selling Trey Lance? Um, no, I think we covered Russell Wilson pretty well there. Okay. So Trey Lance is my cell quarterback. And I know a lot of people are super hyped about Trey Lance, his rushing upside, what he could do in a Kyle Shanahan offense, all this stuff. 
when I look at Trey Lance, I see a quarterback who they did not put in over a tor- like ligament bone chip off the off of his finger in his throwing hand and throwing shoulder surgery Jimmy Garoppolo. I see a Trey Lance who could not play over him. And granted, they loved they loved Jimmy Garoppolo. Loved him. He was a leader on that team and you know, they clearly trusted Jimmy. But they clearly did not trust Trey Lance. And I know they traded all this capital. And I'm not saying they're going to move on from Trey Lance. All I'm saying is I'm out on the Shanahan experience. I don't want I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to I don't want to see Trey Lance not I, I'm just scared. I'm scared of Kyle Shanahan and what he does with his players. He doesn't seem to care about his high level prospects. Like it, he just I I'm very, very scared. And it's like Trey Sermon's the most recent example, but that's not the only one. Look at what he's done to Brandon Ayuk. Look at what he's done to, you know, some of these wide receivers that were drafted in the head ahead of him, Dante Pettis, some of these guys that they invested draft capital in and did not care about whatsoever. So there's a lot of people saying they traded all these first round picks to get Trey Lance. And yes, I I think that Trey Lance is going to start. He's going to get his opportunity, but I'm not sold and I'm not helped or comforted with it being Kyle Shanahan. So uh, that's why I am selling Trey Lance. And if I can sell Trey Lance and get someone like Russell Wilson, I am in. If I can get Russell Wilson and a third round pick, I am in, right? Because Trey Lance right now, Fantasy Pros has him at eight, RotoWire has him at 11. You know, I've got him more in the 14, 16 range. Um, so he is after, he's going to be after Derek Carr. He's going to be after Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be after Justin Fields and he's going to be ahead of Zach Wilson. He's going to be ahead of Mac Jones. He's going to be ahead of Davis Mills, but you know, that's where I've got him in that late teens range. And so I understand the hype. I understand what people want Trey Lance to be. We haven't seen it. We haven't seen it even against good college competition. We haven't seen it in two and a half years. So that's why I'm out. And I I think that there is enough people who are so hyped about Trey Lance that you could get a King's Ransom for him and like take a tear down in quarterback and still get stuff. Like I, I, I'm just all in on tearing down from Trey Lance. What do you, what do you think? So my biggest thing on Trey Lance is I did think he was the best potential quarterback in the draft. I think he has the raw potential to be even one of the top quarterbacks in the entire league. But it is so unbelievably raw that he could never develop and he could bust out and do absolutely nothing. Yeah. And everyone glorifies Kyle Shanahan, but the dude makes some head scratcher moves. I don't know if he's really capable We'll see. I mean, we're all going to see. We're all going to watch it. But, I, yeah, I would be perfectly okay moving off of him to anyone more stable and proven. Because people are acting like he is a guaranteed top 10, even a guaranteed top 5, some people think yeah. he is, as a quarterback. But if he can't figure out how to throw the ball, and they just stuff him on runs, if they spy him, they bring everyone down, they bring their safeties down, because they know he sucks at throwing, because he can't get his mechanics down, he can't get the right touch, his accuracy is yeah. bad. 
Because he he can have a cannon. That dude has an arm, but he has no actual finesse with it. He just has raw talent. So if it can't actually be honed in, he could be pretty useless this year. And he could... Yeah. They could want to move on from him before they actually take the time to develop in, into what everyone thought he could be. The whole reason he shot up in the first place. And they already used a year of it. Yeah, so, they were trying to do the whole Patrick Mahomes idea. They, they were literally just following Patrick Mahomes and uh, Alex Smith. They were trying to do that with Jimmy G and uh, Trey yeah. Lance. They were just trying to copy it exactly. And I don't know if it's going to pan out. We'll see here too. I, I just think that Jimmy G is not Alex Smith. And he wasn't sitting with Andy Reid. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that makes a huge difference. And uh, I am just not sold on him. So I I'm, I'm definitely out. Now I'm gonna just a comparison here. Uh, Trey Lance or Jalen Hurts? I'll. I think I take Trey Lance here, just because See, I'm worried. About I can't the understand of it. Jalen Hurts. But we haven't seen nothing. We have seen literally nothing. Zero. They didn't even like. We saw one game of Trey Lance. And you're it's, in so over Jalen Hurts? I'm in position to play this upcoming year, and I'm in position to go for a championship or go for anything other than just put my roster forward, probably not do that well, and worry about building my team into next year. I'll probably go Jalen Hurts off of the, he's definitely, I think, better this upcoming year just because we know yeah. he can do it. But if I'm trying to rebuild my team, the what, what Trey Lance could be is literally so beautifully golden, but yeah. he could never be it. It's the idea of you have the next Patrick Mahomes. You have the next. This guy is the top guy for ten plus years. But and that is he why could I'm selling. Never him. become it. So he, honestly, moving off of him yeah. for the guy that has proven he's good, he can be a QB one. Depends on how you feel about his future. But I think I think I completely understand going to Jalen Hurts over him. I might be a little biased on always hating on Jalen Hurts. Well, maybe that, he took that, my boy Carson's spot. This, this <laughs> is this is why I asked that question because I think that. With how raw he is, like you said, he's got the potential. We all know Trey Lance has the potential, but he is so raw and hasn't even played a season where like Jalen Hurts may not be an incredible passer, but he's a great runner. And I think he did take a step forward in his passing ability enough to get them to the playoffs. And we know he's going to be their quarterback this year. But I think that the like you said the stability of jalen hurts going forward it could end this year it you could be asking yourself every single offseason is jalen hurts going to be their quarterback next year or am i screwed because if you didn't trade him away while he still had his value then you're left holding the bag and you're out of luck but at the same time i think trey lance is in the exact same spot but hasn't done anything yet so and I think he'll get at least a couple years, like you said, just because of the draft capital that they put into him. But I, I think that the there's no guarantee whatsoever, and I think we've seen more of Jalen Hurts and his ability to succeed on a football field than we have Trey Lance at this point. So I think I thought I think I just thought of a great analogy for what um, what Lance is. He's an unopened pack of cards, like an unopened pack of Pokemon cards or whatever, yeah. magic cards. He is that unopened yeah. pack that can contain that rare inside of it that could be absolutely insane. That's the rare that's worth, that you just won the lottery off of how insanely rare that card is. Maybe it's your OG Pokemon cards with the Charizard inside that's worth like $10,000 right now because everyone's obsessed with them right now. But see, here's the problem. Or it could be the crap rare that's worth a dollar and then you just wasted your time buying this pack 
for so much money and you open it up and you got crap. And I understand that point of view. But, but oh my god, do I want that shiny Charizard? He, here's my perspective to that point of view. We already saw a year where we were so afraid that it was going to be shit, we didn't even open it. <laughs> so, like, at that point, how invested are you? And I obviously, that was their plan going into it. They knew that. They love Jimmy. And now Jimmy's supposedly going to be traded. And then who knows? Maybe he may stick around. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays on that roster, which I think is the smallest of chances, if he stays on that roster, I am so scared for Trey Lance because they can't trust him at all. If they keep Jimmy on that roster, that's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think too, with the fact that there are people who still believe Trey Lance is going to be that superstar, that makes it so much easier to trade him too. Yeah. There's going to be a couple of people in your league who are willing to give it all for him. They're going to give you multiple firsts or something insane to give you a proven yeah. starter plus picks. Like people are so hyped on him still that you can easily make that trade. And if you're looking to win this upcoming year, I wouldn't want him to push for a victory this upcoming year. I'd want him for maybe a future if he can become that. But if I'm trying to yeah. push to win this year, I totally think you should sell him, get actual proven players who will for sure be scoring well on your team. Yeah, and like that's what I mean. Like if you can sell Trey Lance and get a Russell Wilson plus picks, like it's the easiest trade I've ever done. So uh, I'm all in on selling Trey Lance. So uh, who is your sell quarterback? So my sell quarterback is a guy who people seem to think he's a QB1 and are willing to pay for QB1, but I just don't. I don't see it. It's Ryan Tannehill. He's had enough chances at this point. He is good, but he's not that great. This he's last Kirk year, Cousins. He, he's worse than Kirk Cousins, I think. Kirk Cousins is a little bit better than him. Kirk Cousins puts up games over 300 yards more than twice he did last year. Only twice did he go over 300 yards. He, he doesn't have the rushing upside. Obviously, Kirk doesn't either. But in general, with Tannehill, he doesn't have the rushing upside. He doesn't have the arm to really make it happen. And all he has is A.J. Brown to help him out. They have a team built to ride off of Derrick Henry, to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, to not really pass the ball to Derrick Henry. Yeah. Although he got some some good passes before uh, he went away. I started getting hyped about that before his injury. But it's, it's a team that goes through the running back, not through the quarterback. And the quarterback isn't the insane superstar or crazy runner that you want him to be. And you can get QB1 value for him. And that's why I'm done with Tannehill. I'm ready. If Before when you were picking him up, you were getting him at like lower QB2 value. And that was totally fine. But And now then we saw the rushing top... touchdowns. He had yeah, the Tanner roll, the, the little finger oh, yeah, roll of the football. He had so many of those like bootleg touchdowns. Uh, two years ago that it kind of pushed him up rankings like you talk about rushing upside it was kind of there for a little bit you thought he had it but this last year we saw him take a step back with julio jones on that team granted julio was hurt a lot you know kind of the story of julio the last few years unfortunately but he did play yeah, it some he's done AJ, uh, AJ Brown's out there. You know, there was a period of time where they were rolling Chester Rogers and Westbrook Akine as their wide receivers. You know, like uh, there, there was some good times and some bad times in that offense, but it clearly goes through Derrick Henry. And I think that we're going to get to a point in the next year or two where Derrick Henry is going to fall off that cliff at some point. AJ Brown is going to leave town at some point and Ryan Tannehill is going to retire at some point. So 
I think that whole system could change in the next couple of years. Yeah, not feel not like this when, year, not the next year, maybe two, three years from now. But it's coming close with Derek's age too. And I think when they move on from Derek, when it's over for him, when he's gone over the hill, when that age finally comes in, I know a lot of Derek Henry owners are terrified. Yeah. A lot of people are selling him. I still I'll just ride him into the ground at this point. Yeah, at this point, I'm like, if I can, if I'm trying to win a championship, I want to try and ride him to the ground, but it might be worth selling him before he gets too old. But at the point where they move on from him, as the point where they want to go to a more pass-heavy with the young AJ Brown, I don't know if they want to keep Tannehill. If Tannehill wants yeah. to keep playing, because he's 33, he can keep going for a while. But I don't know if they move to a pass-heavy offense, if they want Tannehill to be the captain of that, or if they want to move on to someone else who they think has more passing upside. And they were pretty vocal about Tannehill being their quarterback when there was some rumors of Aaron Rodgers buying a house in Tennessee, which, hey, who knows? At this point, we heard Devontae Adams bought this multi-million dollar house in Vegas, and then he got franchise tag, and then he got signed. So maybe Aaron Rodgers is about to be traded to the Titans because he bought a house there. I don't know. You know, just... This is the type of speculation that NFL reporters do every day. And it's like, are you seriously reporting this like it's going to happen? But, you know, that's besides the point. So their their sources are sometimes interesting. So uh, the but the Ryan Tannehill, I, I think he's got a couple years at least. You know, he's 33. He'll probably pay, play until he's 35, 36 at least. You know, if he gets an injury, you know, he may be done earlier than that. But I think you've got Derrick Henry for a couple years. But if you're looking for a cheap quarterback, too, you may be in the market to buy a Tannehill. Like, he's probably still going to finish in that 18 to 24 range, right? Like, but he, he, I think your upside is limited, very limited. And it, it's really, I, I think if you could have him as the third quarterback on your roster, like, you're happy. But yeah. uh, you want him to be that third guy. And even if if he's your if he's your number two and the rest of your team stacked, you're feeling more okay. But yeah, yeah he he's not the QB one that you can sell him for. Yeah, and especially in dynasty with the age factored in there, like you may be able to start him as your QB two right now, but know that you know you've got somebody else who you're hoping takes over that role. Maybe you've got a Davis Mills and a Ryan Tannehill, and you're playing matchups as your QB two. Like that's not a terrible spot to be in. If you're hoping for a Davis Mills to pan out or something like that. Or maybe he's even your bridge guy until Lawrence gets it all together. Until more of the rest of the team actually has competency around Lawrence. Yeah, or Justin Fields or something like that. Or if you're going to draft a guy coming up. If you're going to draft any one of these young guys, you don't know how long it's going to take for any of these guys to pan out. So it's okay using him as your bridge, but... Yeah, if if you aren't going to be uh, using him in that way, definitely time to move on. Yep, but I'm with you. Um, let's talk about our tight ends. Um, we, like I said, you know, we only picked one, but I did have an honorable mention here. Uh, so I'm going to do my honorable mention first before I get into my first buy guy, and that's Cole Komet. Uh, I wanted to have him as my buy target, but he's he's a little too high in the rankings for me to pick him as my buy guy right now. He's... 14th on Rotowire, 13th on Fantasy Pros. So I, I went down the list a little bit more to really pick my buy tight end for right now. Uh, but Cole Komet, I think if we see Justin Fields take that step forward, um, they really only have Darnell Mooney and 
But they did they bring in was Jakeem Grant there or did he go to the Jakeem Grant got he, he left got his there contract with uh yeah he left there yeah so he he's went. gone uh so it's really just Darnell Mooney Cole Komet and Jakeem Grant's over at the Browns now yep so I don't know who else they have at wide receiver they are it seems they're in full kind of reset mode so the reason i have cole commit on here as a an honorable mention if the bears are in full reset mode and they want to build around some of these key pieces whether that's justin fields cole commit darnell mooney those guys that they're going to retain through this change of head coach and gm because matt Nagy and ryan pace are gone so if the new guys want to bring in their own like we're seeing them get rid of cleo mack we're seeing them move on from some guys this year you may be disappointed if you're looking for that breakout if you're looking for the justin fields you know qb1 breakout uh i i just don't see um them fully committing yet we're gonna have to see what they finish because how they finish this offseason whether they add some big pieces in the draft or if they you know there's still some free agents out there for teams to sign like they could bring in a juju and have uh upgraded receiver court and have darnell mooney and juju like that that's better than what they've got uh so there's still guys out there that they can bring in that can help justin fields but cole Komet, i think will turn into that safety valve by that guy over the middle the dalton schultz of that offense because dalton schultz is really isn't anything flashy which you're gonna, you're gonna talk about him here in a minute but like he's always there and he's always open over the middle and he's just a safe target you know he's a possession guy he's not a vertical threat he's he's a real possession check down safety valve for dak prescott and i think that's how cole Komet is going to be but I just I'm too scared of what they're gonna be this year, so I didn't want to list him as my buy. And he's still up there in the 13-14 range, and it's just too high for me right now on him. I'm gonna wait, but halfway through the year, if he gets down a little bit, I'll jump on it. I'll buy him. Uh, but my actual buy is Tyler Higby, um, because it's just disrespectful where he's <laughs> being ranked right now. Uh, Rotowire has him as the tight end 20. Fantasy Pros has him as the tight end 19. That is so disrespectful to Tyler Higby because he played almost every snap when he was healthy for the Rams. Almost every snap. Like he had a couple games where there was multiple other targets in there and we know that their wide receiver room is getting very crowded. But to have Tyler Higby down at 20, I I would bet large amounts of money that he finishes above the tight end 20 if he's healthy. Like the, I think that that is so low, you're getting him for free. Uh, so if you can get him at that price, I am buying Tyler Higby. Uh, so I wanted to go down the rankings a little bit and find him because, you know, we, we can say buy Mark Andrews. He could be the tight end one in Dynasty behind, or Kyle Pitts. Like, obviously we want these guys. Tight end is a little bit thinner. And once you get to that 8, 9, 10 range, you're like, okay, anybody could finish here. But... Tyler Higby could be one of those eight, nine, 10 guys who is ranked 20th right now. So if you can find him at that value, I think he's an easy buy. Uh, but uh, what do you, what do you think about Tyler Higby? Obviously their receiver room is crowded, but he's going to be out there. They need a tight end. 
In every league, uh, every average league at 12 people in it, there's going to be 12 tight ends that have to start every week. And I don't know how you can put a list of 12 people, full 12, that are going to be better than Higby. So yeah. even if he's not in the top 12, or if he's not in the top half of that top 12, he's still going to be somewhere in there in a guy yeah. that you need to rely on to start. And if you can get him for... like, Do people even start tight end 20s? Do people even roster no. tight end twenties? Like that's the thing. I got yeah, if you can get him I got him last value, year when somebody dropped him. So I just don't understand uh, the disrespect for him. Uh, he obviously, you know, he, he had a little bit of inconsistencies this year, and like I said, they've got a ton of pass catchers, but he's viable enough that like I I, I view him as one of those fringe plug and play guys. Like you could almost put him in every week. Now, you could put him in and he could get you two points or he could get you 12. Uh, he could get you 20 with a couple touchdowns. But, you know, that 2 to 10 range is probably where he's going to live the most. And it's the fact that he's out there so often. Obviously, they do have a rookie who kind of got a little bit of hype when Tyler Higby was out in the playoffs. And that's Bryson Hopkins or something like that. I, I'll have to double check, but he's a young tight end that they have who is, I think, affecting his rankings right now just because of his playoff impact while Tyler Higby was hurt. But I'm in on Tyler Higby. At, at 20, I'll buy him. So uh, who is your buy for tight end? So my buy also is going to be a bit of a deep dive. I don't know exactly where he is on those rankings, but... I do know that he hasn't done a whole much, lot yet, but he was a first-round draft pick. He's been hyped up, and he just got franchise-tagged, and they kicked out competition in his position in Austin Hooper. I'm talking David and Joku. Yep. I do believe that he's going to be better this upcoming year than he ever has been. And you can see in the games where they do get him involved, he does well. He does really well. He was, I think, for a bit, the leading receiver. I think he's the number two outside of Jarvis on last year, but there was a point when Jarvis was struggling that he was the number one receiver on that team. Yeah. I mean, they're going to try and add receiver help for sure, but they franchise tagged him for a reason, and he, you can probably get him for real cheap right now. He hasn't done enough for people to have to hold on to him, to covet him, to not want to get rid of him. Yeah. So I definitely think David Njoku is prime for his best year yet, whether it be Baker throwing to him or someone else and if they kick out baker for some weird reason and i really don't who care who, who else, their quarterback anyone is anyone new they like their tight end safety net and, and joku yeah. can be a great safety net well it's stefanski and they use a lot of two tight ends and they did get rid of austin hooper but they still have you know talented young harrison bryant but they use so many two tight ends and i think that you know we could be looking at a lot of amari cooper donovan peoples jones and two tight ends on the field so uh, it is very possible that David Njoku is almost an every down player. And uh, I think he has shown when he's out there that he was the best tight end on their team. Uh, Austin Hooper never really did much while he was there. Uh, he had the one game where everybody had COVID and he got like 17 targets or something. And that was Austin Hooper's best game as a Cleveland Brown. So uh, I definitely think Njoku is a good buy. Um, now my, my sell is, it hurts me cause I did sell him today. So it, it's Dawson Knox and we've talked about Dawson Knox a little bit about that kind of Robert Tunyon effect with the touchdowns. 
know, he had nine touchdowns and he missed a few games with a broken hand. Um, I still think he has the touchdown upside in that offense. And obviously that offense is going to put up a lot of points because it's Josh Allen. So I'm not saying just get out of Dawson Knox, but if you can get good value for him, I'm good with it. The the thing about Dawson Knox right now is he's a top 10 dynasty tight end in everybody's rankings. You know, Rotowire has him at nine, Fantasy Pros has him at nine. Uh, but if his touchdowns fall off and he doesn't get the uptick in receptions, uh, you could be a little bit sad. He could be one of those guys who, if he has a rough year this next year, he could end up down there at the tight end 20 with Tyler Higby. Um, I, I think Dawson Knox is uh, more than likely going to stay in the range he's at, stay in the same tier, but you can sell him on his upside right now. And I think you can sell him on his upside more than the potential of that upside becoming reality. Uh, so that's why I'm selling Dawson Knox. Like I said, I sold Dawson Knox today. It hurt. I wanted to plan on having Dawson Knox as my tight end, but I got a haul with him and I sold Jalen Hurts in the same trade. So I got a bunch of stuff with it and I had to do it. I, I couldn't say no. So, um, you know, I ended up getting Jerry Judy out of it as well. So I'm happy, but the big thing about Dawson Knox that scares me is those touchdowns. Uh, the the only person, the only tight end who had an insane touchdown percentage that I'm comfortable with keeping is Mark Andrews. And that's because he also had like 100 plus catches. So if you add those two things together, I'm not worried about him having, like he, Mark Andrews ended with 40 something percent of the team's passing touchdowns. Obviously Lamar missed time. Marquise Brown was there. Bateman was hurt. You know, they, they they had a lot of stuff going on. Sammy Watkins, they brought in for a one-year deal who did nothing. So, you know, there was a lot of stuff kind of going wrong in that offense. They went through all their running backs. So I expect Baltimore to spread the ball out more, have Lamar healthy. And I don't expect Mark Andrews to put up the same amount of touchdowns, but he's such a focal point of the offense where I'm not worried. We don't get that with Dawson Knox. I think he could be, I think he has the potential to get there and I'm fine selling that potential for that upside. Um, but if you want to hang on to it and like you said, it's hard to know, like if you're going to go for a championship and they just got rid of, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is gone. Um, they have plenty of touchdowns to go around. It's a Josh Allen offense. Um, if you want to stay in, you know, totally understand, but I'm very scared of the touchdown regression, hitting him hard nine touchdowns in, I think he missed three or four games. So we're talking 13 or 14 games, nine touchdowns. That's a lot. And he only caught 40 something passes. He didn't pass 50 catches. So, you know, that's, that's one in, you know, we're talking 20%. Uh, of his catches being touchdowns almost. That, that's an insane number. So it's not as crazy as Robert Tunyon's was. His number was crazy the year before, but uh, it is scary enough for me to sell Dawson Knox. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about Dawson Knox? And then you can go ahead and go into your, your uh, sell tight end. Yeah, so I definitely do think Dawson Knox is still going to be good this upcoming year. It'll still be relevant, but I think he's 
he's not going to be as good as this last year, just because that was insanely lopsided with those touchdowns. I think he'll still be probably just as involved, just not as many touchdowns, which is a lot less points. And I just don't know if that's worth it. And so, I, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely in that yeah. same boat of I would sell Dawson Knox off the hype right now before I even tried to move on or before I even tried to push for a, a year going for a championship with him on the roster. And if you don't sell him now, you wait until the season starts. And if he has a six-catch game for 80 yards and a touchdown, you're like, all right, somebody give me all your picks for this guy. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, so, but... uh this next guy that you're going to talk about, yeah, I so disagree, but I'll guy, let you go with it. My next guy that I'm talking to sell, this is very situational. Yeah, yeah. This is looking at the Dawson Knox. He might be worse than he was last year and going off of his last year value versus true value and taking that to the most extreme that I think you can. Yeah. So I'm talking the guy who ended number three overall last year. Another guy who got franchise tagged. I think we spoiled it already, but it's Dalton Schultz. Now, do not move off of him if you do not have another option and you have to have another good option. Yeah. But I think if he's valued as the number three, because he ended the season as the number three, or if you can get anybody who's willing to pay insanely high value, they just want that headache of the tight end situation gone. And they think Schultz is the solution for the future. I think it's worth trying to get a haul. Now, like I said, you don't do this. If you don't have an option, you can switch to, if you didn't have like, the TJ Hawkinson or Waller that you were running Dalton Schultz because you were your guys were off or hurt or something. If you don't have that other top 10 guy, because I, I think Dalton Schultz will be in the top 12 tight ends. I just don't think he's going to be the top half. I definitely think he's going to be the bottom half. And this is a sell him in the value of the top half coming off of his third overall performance of this last year. I think... Yeah beginning of the year too even if you want to hold off on selling him until this year starts for a bit because he should be more involved as it starts off with uh, uh what's his name michael gallup is going to be not quite there he's trying i think he's aiming for week one but it's it's a hard push to make it by week one yeah he didn't have surgery till february so it's, uh, so you can hold him keep your options open try and feel around but if you have multiple good options there's only one tight end slot some teams do too but there are some leagues but that's nutty if you only have one tight end and you got Dalton Schultz plus another solid stud tight end. I think that was definitely the time to trade him and capitalize off of his best year. But like I said, do not <laughs> jump away from him when your next guy is Jared Cook or your next yeah. guy is like the same team of Donald, Paul, uh, Donald Parham or your next guy is um, even if Pat Fryermuth, who I like a lot. They had one year. I wouldn't quite jump off Dalton Schultz to ride the Fryermuth train. Although yeah. you may, may be able to pull that one off. But I think if you can capitalize and you still have a, something in place to hold that tight end position down, I think this is the best. I don't think Dalton Schultz is going to be in the top three again. I think he'll still be good, but I don't think he'll be top three ever again. So I think I, now is the time to sell him if you have the luxury to do so. The one thing I'll say about Dalton Schultz is uh, in, in favor of selling him is he is on the franchise tag. Uh, we don't know what that means for next year. We don't know if he's going to get a long-term deal worked out. Obviously, it's been reported that he is like a, a priority for the Cowboys to retain. And we saw them tag him. If Dalton Schultz goes and signs a three-year deal worth $30 million, like I am not selling Dalton Schultz at that point. If 
Dalton Schultz locks himself into that role for multiple years with Dak Prescott already being paid. We know CD is going to be there for the next couple years and then have to get paid. They just paid Michael Gallup for multiple years. Like, I'm locking Dalton Schultz in. But with him being on the franchise tag, there is a little bit of hesitancy there. Um, I'm kind of all in on Dalton Schultz, though. I, I'm, I'd rather buy him at the tight end 8 to 10 rank that he's at right now and hope that he's healthy all season and you know like Blake Jarwin was splitting some time when he was healthy with Dalton Schultz Blake Jarwin is no longer even on the team their other tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle who played limited amounts when he needed to last year when Blake Jarwin was out but I just I I'm all in on Schultz I think with the lack of Amari Cooper and them losing a option at wide receiver. Uh, he's just that safety valve over the middle and that possession guy. So I'm all in on him, but I can understand selling him for the value uh, because, like you said, you know he's not going to be the tight end three, and you have to understand that. Uh, last year, him finishing at the tight end three, we we had people like tj hawkinson miss a lot of time like in dynasty kyle pitts is the tight end one you've still got guys like uh travis kelsey george kittle darren waller uh mark andrews tj hawkinson like there is still a group of guys clearly in front of dalton schultz but dalton schultz i think is making the case if he continues on the path he's been on to be similar to mark andrews and if you can turn him into Mark Andrews and he signs a three-year contract with the Cowboys, I'm all in. But I understand the hesitancy, and if you can sell him off of his tight end three season and get one of these guys that, like, who who would you, if you could downgrade or move to somebody in a similar tier, whether that's going from him to, say, uh who would you go to? Who would be the next guy you would go to? In, um. So if we're trade. talking about a downgrade, but we're getting uh we're getting a little value off of it. Yeah. I could see going to a, a Logan Thomas. Would I don't you know about Would Logan you go Thomas. down to a Logan Thomas? I have no idea about Logan Thomas. I feel like he could vanish any any year. He could just be gone and out of relevancy. I'm scared about Logan Thomas, honestly. So, so there there is one guy I would trade him for in a heartbeat, and. Uh, this has to do with, like I said, if he got that contract, I'd be all in. Um, Zach Ertz. Now, I, he was one of my ones that I was kind of trying to choose between for a buy. He got paid in uh, Arizona. He did nothing but produce in Arizona. They have lost A.J. Green. They have lost Christian Kirk. Um, they did bring Max Williams back on a one-year deal, but I'm not worried about Max Williams. Uh, Zach Ertz is going to be their guy. Uh, and he came in and he was impactful right away. Uh, so I, I expect him to be good too. So that, that's another one of those kind of little honorable yeah. mentions. But Definitely the selling of Dalton Schultz is going to be situational. If you yeah. don't have one of those top six, seven, there's going to be like six, seven, maybe eight guys that you could be like, I'm comfortable with this guy. I have one tight end slot sell Dalton Schultz off of his hype but if you don't have that guy and if you're not getting a guy like uh Gesicki in return or like uh, how you said uh if you're not getting any of these relevant guys like Ertz sorry uh if, if you're not pulling off these guys in return 
and you're just getting rid of Dalton Schultz for the sake of I'm gonna get some picks or I'm gonna get some other players and your yeah. tight end hole's empty. That's, that suddenly went. You're hurting yourself more than you're zero. helping yourself. Your random guy you're pulling off of free agency trying to stream. It's gonna get you like three points. You're hoping for. You're, you're hurting yourself way too hard. But if you have the other solid guys, you can capitalize off of his year. I think. Yeah, I, I totally it just agree. Depends on what your team's looking like and what you're comfortable doing and how yeah. much you trust your other guys. Well, the truth is, Dalton Schultz is one of those guys that you could have had an elite tight end on your team and still gotten Dalton Schultz because he came out of nowhere, right? He came after a Blake Jarwin yeah, injury an and injury. then he took I his even job. I dropped him after that year. I dropped yeah. him in the offseason right before this year started because I thought Blake Jarwin might come back. I didn't know. And then all of a sudden, really Blake Jarwin Blake Jarwin and him were split in time and then Blake Jarwin got hurt again and then now and Blake Jarwin was amazing and I'm kicking myself for dropping him in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. It, like I was a Blake Jarwin truther so I wanted it to happen for so long and he just could never stay healthy and Dalton Schultz took his job because he was healthy and he produced and did well. But before we get out of here, I want to talk about a couple IDP kind of little notes. Um, I want to talk about some of these uh, edge rushers who have signed to new places um, like Vaughn Miller getting his crazy deal up in Buffalo. Um, they also have Gregory Rousseau, who's going to be a second-year player they drafted last and they year. Have Boogie Basham, they grabbed too. Yep. So I think the very round after they went uh, first round, second round, double yep. D line. Yep. So uh, Von Miller went up there on a big deal. It's you know this crazy long six years, hundred and twenty million, but it's really like a three-year deal with uh, like fifty something guaranteed. So. Uh, you know, we're going to see Von Miller up there for a couple years, which is crazy. If you think about the, the bills getting better and getting scarier because they were already great and they have Josh Allen so they can win any game at any time, but you add Von Miller to that team and they're really good. Um, another one that I wanted to mention, which I think is very IDP fantasy relevant is Hassan Reddick going to the Eagles. Yeah, I was about to say him if he didn't. Hassan Reddick, uh, he had a very good year. I don't have where he finished right in front of me, but uh, he was up there for defensive line and our scoring at least. And uh, I think he had, you know, a, a year that you can hope he replicates. He did get paid. He got three years, $45 million with the Eagles. It's nothing insane like some of these other deals, but I think... 15 mil a year is still a lot of money to go to one player. Yeah. So I just yeah. checked. He ended 13th overall on total points in our league. There you go. So, uh, like I said, you know, he was a guy that I was looking at trying to trade for during the season last year because it seemed like he was just on kind of a breakout campaign. Uh, he was you know, serviceable before that. But this last year was really where we saw him kind of take off with Carolina. So uh, um, whether that has to do with like Brian Burns on the other side or what, I'm just, I'm confident in uh, him being there for the next three years. And uh, I think he could be a good piece in your IDP lineup. Um, the one other guy I will mention is Chandler Jones. Saw him go to Vegas for a ton of money. He's going to be net opposite of Max Crosby. So this whole division, like we talked about, you know, we got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack on one team. We got uh, what? We got Frank Clark and Chris Jones on one team. We got Chandler Jones and Max Crosby on one team. Like this division is insane. So yeah, they went for quarterbacks and firepower, and then they went all for killing those quarterbacks on yes. the other teams. Yeah. So 
Uh, Chandler Jones, opposite of Max Crosby. Max Crosby had this breakout year. He just got paid. Um, you know, he's a defensive line is one of those positions that there are some studs, but it's kind of similar to tight end. Like we've talked about, you know, there's kind of sack dependent. Uh, if you can get those guys who kind of play a hybrid outside linebacker role and pick up the, the tackles as well, you're, you're really happy. But, um, Chandler Jones has the opportunity to always put up five sacks in a game and, you can win a week yeah, off hopefully of this helps him be a lot more consistent because i know what is it three years ago he was the third overall player two years ago tore his bicep and then one year ago this last year starts off 52 points week one the best player of all of dying or the fantasy or all of fantasy in general and then the very next week plays more total snaps and puts up three points yeah and then comes out with a 15 and then puts up one and then zero and then he'll so he i really think being on the like, other side just, of Max Crosby will help him a lot. I think that'll, because I think what was happening was he was just getting too much attention when he was over there at the Cardinals. And I feel like, I really hope that it helps as a consistency because having a guy that puts up 50 points feels so good, but then trying to trust him and then having him just give you those awful in-between weeks does not feel good. Well, they also lost JJ Watt. So the Cardinals, they were using Zach Allen on the other side, who is not JJ Watt. Like he had a good year because he was opposite of Chandler Jones. Zach yeah. Allen did. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I think... Out of the focal points, Max Crosby, not Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones should definitely... I think, I think they're both going to feast. So, I think you, you can't block both of them every play. And they're going to have to uh, pick one. And there's going to be success from one of those guys. And I think it'll be good for fantasy. Any other uh, names you want to talk about here? Maybe any linebackers, anything like that? Um, I'm not sure if too much extra linebacker news went through. I know Joe Schobert. I don't think that got mentioned. He got kicked out of um, the Steelers. He was relevant when he was on the Jaguars. Wasn't that amazing on the Steelers, so we got to yeah. see where he ends up. And they, they have Miles Jack now. The Steelers do. They replaced Schobert with Miles Jack. So yep. um, that was after they signed Aluakun. And yeah, yeah, this uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars signed a Luakun, kicked out Jack. Jack signed to the Steelers, kicked out Schobert. So Schobert's going to sign somewhere and then kick out someone else is what it sounds like. But there are a couple uh, linebackers I'll mention real quick. Josie Jewell re-signed by the Broncos, two years, 11 mil. We expect him to go back to that role. He tore his pec or bicep or something last year. I believe it was his pec. Missed most of the season. Uh, that happened in week two. So it's going to be nice to get him back. Another one. Resigned by the Cleveland Browns, which is a little interesting to me as Anthony Walker because they did draft JOK, but they also had Malcolm Smith and a couple other guys out there that were playing linebacker on that defense. So I would really love I think to it was see only five mil for the one year. Yeah, one mil, uh, one year, five mil. Um, but prior to him going on the COVID list last year, he was playing every snap and he was great. Um, then he went on the COVID list and it may have been conditioning. It may have been some lingering side effects. Who knows? But the last few weeks of the season, uh, he wasn't playing every down. He was rotating in and out. Um, so he was wearing the green dot all prior to that. So I, I'm hoping it was more COVID related uh, than anything else. But there is also a possibility that they move to JOK as their uh, defensive play caller and throw him with the dot. Anthony Walker is very poor in coverage. He's a run stuff stuffing linebacker who um, he's great in the middle and coming downhill. Not as great um, outside of that. So 
there is a very good possibility JOK steals his job. We're, I still expect Anthony Walker to be fantasy relevant. Uh, I still expect him to be somebody who's out there most downs, but we could grow to a situation where he's not out there in the nickel, and that scares me. But right now, I think he's good. Uh, he may be a sell candidate because he did ball out last year and he did just get re-signed by Cleveland. So you may be able to sell that and uh, get something out of it, but just something I thought I'd mention. Anybody else yeah, you want to so, mention real quick? Yeah, looking through the list, there's not many, too many bigger names. Uh, I know Nicholas Morrow went to the, was it the Chicago Bears, same amount of money, but yep. Roquan Smith ain't going anywhere. So, But again, could be a secondary teams, role. Yeah, because teams can't have two relevant linebackers. You saw yep. the Seahawks had the number one overall and number, I think, seven overall with yeah. the, with their two duo. So you can easily have some solid linebackers. Speaking of um, the guy who left Seattle, we'll see where he goes and disrupts because wherever he goes is going to be a big splash. Yes, that'll be crazy to see him go somewhere. Uh, another one I'll mention real quick at linebacker is Aziz, Aziz Al-Shair with the Niners. Um, he was a restricted free agent, so they tendered him. It's uh, just under $4 million for one year. He played a lot in place of Dre Greenlaw last year, who they... The Niners seem to like, but post-Sala, I don't know who they really like. So uh, it's a little treacherous there because Al Shair played really well in the place of uh, Dre Greenlaw, but they have Fred Warner in the middle of that defense. Yeah, Fred Warner so you're talking the about the second so linebacker. The next trying to be relevant. Yeah, So and, and Dre Greenlaw looked like he was going to be that guy. And then uh, he had like core muscle surgery or something early in the year and missed most of the season and came back late and was kind of split in time with um, Al Shair the one game he was back, and then he re-aggravated an injury and was gone again. So I don't know if them bringing back Al Shair is going to end up being for depth, and they will use Dre Greenlaw going forward, but I think they're in on Dre Greenlaw. It's what it, that's what it seemed like going into last year. We're going to have to see how that plays out, though. Yeah, and they did also sign Oren Burks, the guy out of uh, yeah. the Packers, but he was a nobody when he was at the Packers. He's going to play special teams. so He would randomly steal snaps away from Chris Barnes, and that would piss me off when I had Chris Barnes, but he was never yeah. relevant enough to keep snaps for himself. Yep, I, I totally agree. He's not going to play in any IDP fantasy, anything like that, but uh, did any safeties go anywhere like uh, um, that we haven't talked about? Let's see here. So we've, talked, safeties, we've talked about the Seattle get, paying Quandry Diggs. We've talked about that the other day. Yeah, Marcus um, Williams to the Ravens. Bates got his franchise. May to the Saints. Quandry, Seattle. Jordan Whitehead to the Jets. We'll see yep. if that boosts Jordan Whitehead because the Jets, if uh, they're as bad as they tend to be, their defensive players get more opportunities and a lot more points. But if they figure it out, maybe that actually trends in the opposite direction. Um, Justin Reed over at the Chiefs. We'll see how relevant yep. he is compared to how much Honey Badger was. Uh, I know Malik Hooker resigned with you guys at the Cowboys. I don't know how yeah, big that is. He's a depth guy. He he he's, didn't. I liked him coming out of college, but he was always so injury prone. He was the ball hawk. The is this he, the next Ed Reed guy? But he's just he, he only got four. Guy. He only got four mil for two years. Uh, eight year or eight mil total over two years, and they. I, I think the Cowboys want to bring back Jaron Curse. He was very good down the stretch for the Cowboys, uh, but he is still a free agent. Um, the Cowboys really need some secondary players. Uh, they are 
hurting at safety right now. They lost three of them to free agency. Obviously, like we said, they're bringing Malik Hooker back, but uh, he was more of a depth guy, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if they still have Donovan Wilson. I, I would I have to look, but I think he's gone as well. I would love to see them bring in like a uh, Terrell Edmonds or – um, I'd love to see them bring back Jaron Curse, bring in a Honey Badger. Yeah, I, I would love Kersen something. Did eighth overall in the season, yeah, so he that's, balled that's out. a lot of points in that position. If uh, yeah. he goes, whoever else takes that spot. And if you look safe. back at the start of last year, um, Donovan Wilson was projected as like one of the top DBs, and he was supposed to be the Cowboys' safety. Well, Jaron Curse stole that job and was the fantasy relevant one. So it'll be interesting to see. I know you're looking at Jabril Peppers and hoping he goes back to the uh, Giants. Well, I just... want him to go back to the Giants now that Logan Ryan's gone. Exactly. More than I wanted him to go somewhere else. Yes. But I, I love the fact that the Giants were using him for punt returns because we got those extra return yard points. But he also injured himself for the rest of the year on a punt return. So he might not yeah. do that anymore. Yeah, we'll have, we'll to, have see. to see. Yeah. But uh, I think that should about do it. I don't, don't want to run too long on this. We're already over an hour and 35 minutes. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll cut it here and we'll get ready for next week where we go through some stuff. I'm still thinking about what we want to do for next week. And maybe we'll kind of judge some free agent landing spots in depth and go into what teams need in the draft now that we've seen kind of where some free agents go. Um we're still waiting on some of these top free agents to sign and we'll have yeah, to monitor to it as we go. Uh, we're still waiting on Deshaun Watson. You know, we were supposed to find out tonight and I have not seen anything yet. So uh, we'll have to see how it goes and we'll run through it once we know. So uh, Deshaun Watson's obviously going to make some ripples for the fantasy landscape and where the quarterbacks go after that. And we can only wait and hope it works out for the people we have on our rosters right now. So, yeah, if he goes somewhere with the quarterback, that could give Indy who they're looking for, but we shall see. If he goes to Atlanta, they better get some wide receivers, you know? I think yeah. I think if he goes to Atlanta, Jarvis Landry and Juju Smith-Schuster should be there as well. So I think those are the top two wide receivers out there in free agency right now. Obviously, Juju's getting a little bit of shade, but I think he's still going to be a great slot guy. Uh, we'll see what happens and where he goes. I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up back in Pittsburgh at this point, though. Uh, so we'll see, but that'll do it for today. Make sure you guys like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you guys are on Apple podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating or review, get us into that algorithm. Uh, otherwise we'll be back on Monday. If you want to check out Patreon, I've got the Brees Hall prospect, uh, video coming out tomorrow. It's going to be about, uh, it's about eight and a half minutes long. Uh, so it's just going to be me. I'm going to start going through these running back and wide receiver prospects. So you know who to take in your rookie drafts. You're not just looking at a landing spot. You know why this player is going to succeed and why you're betting on talent. So uh, we'll go through it a little bit and what I took away from when I watched film and what we justified from his film in the combine and what that'll do in the NFL. So uh, we'll kind of go through those and that'll be up probably tomorrow evening. I got to finish all the editing and stuff and get it all exported. But tomorrow evening should be out on Patreon followed by another one on Saturday. They've already been recorded. We're just getting them all edited so we can start posting them. So uh, we'll start going through running backs, wide receivers, uh, and then maybe we'll do a rookie mock draft or something on uh, Monday or a NFL mock draft and 
see what we can come up with. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. Again, make sure you guys like and subscribe to the video. We're out of here. Have a good one.